Welcome to another episode on today's podcast with me, Ruth Ajaoto, on Sisters in Solidarity. Last episode, we spoke about patriarchy. We looked at women's place in the home, how the whole scenario is navigated. Should men help? Should women sit back and let men take charge? Today, we are looking at sex. We are talking about sex and sexuality, still under patriarchy. And in the studio with me today is two lovely ladies. We have Lani Lovett and Katie Baker. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hi. So Lani has an MA in creative writing and currently she's working on, she's writing about multi-generational trauma and heteronormativity. And Katie, Katie is interested in women's football, so she's writing about female representation in the football industry. Interesting things, ladies. We'd love to see it. Like we hear about sex all the time and sexuality, of course. Today, our conversation is going to be centered around whether women have sexual freedom, whether we are on the same level as men. Do they have upper hand over us when it comes to sex? Basically, that's what we're going to talk about. So starting with our first topic and our first question, which I will be directing to Lani. Do you believe that men have more sexual freedom than women? Yes. I think the representation for men to have sex is much more liberating than it is for women. Oftentimes, men are congratulated for having a certain body count or a number of people they've slept with, hmm. whereas women are shamed if they have an equivalent number. Um, likewise, there are terms around it, such as even with, if we talk about sexual freedom, women's virginity and the idea of someone being loose or not loose. There are all these terms that basically make it kind of derogatory for women to chase sexual pleasure in any sort of way, whereas a man, it's completely welcomed, in fact, in a way that definitely, I believe, gives men more freedom hmm. than women. Women are meant to stay chaste and things like that, whereas men are not necessarily required to stay to those same standards. Yeah, interesting. It's that name calling, isn't it? You know, you go, maybe you're at a party and you have, you're a little bit drunk and they play this game, truth or dare. You go truth and they tell you what's your body count and you say it as a woman and you get all these eyes or yeah people are like oh why would you maybe why do you have a double digit or something a man says i'm like oh that's what's up like he knows what he's doing it's not the same like when the, we're having these conversations it's even shameful for you to say to mention your body count loud as a woman if you don't say one two three yeah you are a whore that's how it is Exactly. And I feel like that's kind of where they they wouldn't want you as a partner. I think that's something else. Like mm-hmm. a man, like you were saying, if in a game of truth or dare or something, mm-hmm. he says, oh, my body count is 36. Mm-hmm. Even women might look at that like, wow, he knows what he's doing. Exactly. Right? A woman says that same number and a guy isn't thinking, oh, she's going to know what she's doing. He's thinking, well, that's a hoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Katie, what do you think? Do you think men have more sexual freedom than women? Yeah, definitely. I was, um, no, I think that the, the weird thing is I feel like there's a pattern that women are supposed to follow. Like, you're supposed to sleep with a few people and then still want to meet the love of your life in mm. your 20s, get married, have kids, you know, go through menopause. But, like, you're, the actual sexual prime of your life, you're supposed to only sleep with a few guys. Mm. And you're still supposed to want to have kids, but you're not actually, you know, like, it's not about exploring your sexuality. It's exploring it for a little bit and then finding the love of your life and just being with that man forever, depending on, you know, it doesn't even matter how many people that met. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I get what you mean. So you meet, let's say, the ideal standard is that you meet someone, 
you have sex with them, you fall in love with them and you get married to them and you keep sleeping with them for the rest of your life. Whereas men, men are allowed to explore, have multiple sexual partners before they decide, oh, I want to be with this person. Even when they're married, some still go out of their way to hook up with others outside of marriage. But a woman does that and then it becomes an issue. Yeah, exactly. Like, have you ever met a man that was like, yeah, I want to fall in love in my 20s, be with that one girl forever? No, everyone would laugh at him, even if he thinks that, even if he believes that. Like, mm. it's laughable, whereas a woman says it. Women's supposed to want it. If, you're, if you go out there and you say, you say you don't want to meet the love of your life, you never want to get married, no one have kids, people think you're a weird, sad spinster, you know? Like, the, mm. the standard is so ridiculous, even if it's actually, you know, not that different. Yeah, I get it, totally. Do you think it's bad for a woman to decide, I don't want to get married, I just want to have multiple sexual partners just explore do you think it's bad i think women deserve the same liberation that men have in that regard i think it's unfair to hold them to a standard that we're not holding our men to especially when it is the woman's body that carries a child Mm. for the amount of time of settling down you know getting married all of that so if you want to have sexual partners but not have kids or not you know what i mean get married these things should be equally as welcomed it shouldn't be divided just because you're a woman i mean what if a man says he doesn't want to get married and have kids he's respectable and he's in his career and if a woman does it she's what bitter lonely you know (laughs) there's a a different association with a woman who says she wants to focus on her career and then oftentimes men will even go as far as to say well you just haven't had you know good sex yet you just (laughs) haven't had the right kind of guy to like get you like as if like your sexual game is contributing to why i decide to settle down Mm -hmm. or decide to have kids it's insane but i have heard it before Do you find it weird if a woman decides, I don't want to settle with one man, I just, life is too short, I just want to have multiple sexual partners, explore? Yeah, I mean, that's a choice, isn't it? I mean, really, marriage, why is marriage the default anyway? Like, it's a social construct, why have we all decided that that's what you're supposed to aspire to? Why are little girls supposed to be dreaming of their weddings? Like, it's just very (laughs) weird. Like, you see a little boy dreaming about his wedding? No, I mean... That would be laughable, again. Like, so it's, it's so weird that it's like, marriage and kids have to be a choice that you you're not making you know what i mean like why is it assumed why is it default it doesn't make any sense there's nothing in life that's assumed except death life being born and dying mm-hmm. but for some reason we've decided that marriage and kids is a landmark that you're supposed to want as a woman mm-hmm. but it's a choice if you're a man and that's just doesn't make any sense to me yeah i get what you mean but if we three here decided oh we don't want to get married just want to explore our sexuality to die that's a decision that's up to us but then, is it down to us women? Are we the one fooling these thoughts? Maybe at the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, if I don't get married and I'm like 45, then they're going to say, oh, I wasted my time or I wasted my life. I haven't achieved anything. To people, a woman giving birth or settling down is an achievement. So do you think it's we as women who are putting these pressures on us or do you think it comes from society? Oh, that's a really good choice because probably like, if you meet middle-aged women, they're the ones asking you when you're going to get married. They're the ones asking if you're going to have kids. I don't think men actually care at but any stage. To right? be fair, isn't that a societal construct to begin with, that those women were already conditioned that way, and mm. therefore they're following the pattern, passing it down, rather than it just yeah. being something inherently in their mind. Like, they didn't pop out the womb and grow up to 20 years and be like, this is what you should always want. Like, mm. our media and our world around us and society shapes our opinions on what matters, what doesn't matter. I mean, mm. why do we all have iPhones? Why do we all wear the same kind of shoes and pants and clothes? Like, we're being constructed by society. So if you want to say, it's it would be difficult for me to blame any sort of woman, but to blame something systemically inherently flawed in the system Mm -hmm. then i guess you would say that's the patriarchy in its own sort of way yeah in like in a sense not entirely i agree 
Yes, but then at what point do we break that? Do we decide, okay, I don't care what anybody thinks, I'm just going to go ahead and do what I want. At what point does this turn around or is this just going to continue like that because it's a social construct, it's going to go on forever? I think we found more liberation recently. I mean, there's a lot of pushback from women nowadays, women mm. who maybe just don't want to get married at all, want pets, and of course they're still facing the sort of, what is it? Like they're still facing a little bit of prejudice from older folks and people who think that that's what you should want. But I think as it's a, it's a matter of time and generations and keeping that open mind as you grow up and mm-hmm. grow older to say, like, yeah, we don't all have to want the same things out of life. Mm-hmm. And so in that way, I feel that women kind of will gain that liberation. And I don't know, like, then maybe men will start asking, why don't you have kids? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> poetry, the next True. I think we kind of deviated. We moved from sex to marriage, which mm. would have been our second topic. But let's let's get back to sex. Uh, yeah. What's your opinion on women receiving gifts for sex? I read something Simone de Beauvoir wrote in his in her book, The Second Sex, where she describes men as the subjects and women are the objects. So, in a situation where a man and a woman has sex, the man is the main character in the thing. The woman is just there to be used that's where they use phrase like oh i've had her everyone says i've had her meaning you've been used or she's been taken that kind of thing so do you think if men see men are the subjects and women are the objects do you think in a situation where women receive gifts for sex do you think this justifies that statement that women are just objects if you receive gifts for sexual relationship are you an object I might just go ahead and say no, 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 Uh, no, you're not an object. We get gifts for our birthday and that's just for being born. So what is that about? Like, I don't, I definitely don't agree with just because we getting gifts because of sex. I feel like it's an appreciation thing, honestly. Why is it appreciated for something you both did? No, 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 no. I mean, it goes both ways. Okay. So like for me personally, I'll say it. If I have a really good time Mm. and I mean, I guess it's worth noting that I am I'm pansexual, so I sleep with both men. I don't have a specific gender in mind when I'm uh, enjoying intimate relations with someone. (laughs) And if I'm having a good time afterwards, I like to appreciate that person. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if it's really good, like, we're going to go out to eat after, and that could be considered a gift. You might get a foot rub, male or female. You know, I don't have, like, a way, but for me, I feel, like, a sense of gratitude for my Mm. own pleasure that I, like, it's not that I'm, I don't feel like it's servicing in any way. It's, like, an appreciation, a token of appreciation. But I feel like that shouldn't be divided by gender specifically. However, I understand what you're saying, that, like, when women are the object, we are often the ones who are then given gifts for sex. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, if that's just someone showing their appreciation, great. If that's someone objectifying you and saying you are but my you know like my object my thing and therefore i'm giving you this thing because you are my thing Mm -hmm. that that's inherent i think to the individual more so than i would say it's um it it could be i mean i could see where that's kind of like a societal thing but i feel like that's more the individual and how they're viewing you and so it's like making sure i guess if you're entering that sort of thing that you're with someone who is viewing who's not viewing you that way that you're you know certain that they're they're not necessarily just viewing you as an object and therefore like gratifying you with a gift to keep you to keep doing what you're doing sexually does that no but sense? some women expect it though there, so you there are like we- yeah there are there are women who they think once a man is interested in them and 
let's say married or not married once the man goes out with them they have sex the man is obliged to buy them something or give them money we are not talking about horse here we're talking about women who they are not prostitutes but then they expect something after sex I think sex is what you should expect out of sex. That's what I think. Okay. But like that's a personal I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell anyone what they should and should not expect. I mean some men go on a first date and expect sex. Like everyone has that's what I'm saying. Everyone has different expectations when they're going into something, but I think sex should be sex. If you're using it as something in which you require gifts, it then does become sort of a tendered service, right? Mm. Like you're servicing someone and you're getting something in return for that service. Is which it is wrong. A, I don't think it's wrong. Okay. I think it's a choice. <laughs> okay. It's a choice of how you view it. Yeah. Casey, okay, so what's your opinion on that? Yeah. Women I mean, receiving gifts for sex. Have I been? No, women receiving <laughs> gifts for sex. That. Um, I think that, the, I think, yeah, I guess what Lani was saying about if, if it's appreciation, then it's one thing, but I think otherwise it, it kind of veers into kind of a weird transactional mm. relationship yeah. and then you shouldn't really be expecting gifts for anything, like, you know, yeah. in any kind of form of society like why you expect people to give you gifts and why would you expect you have to give somebody gifts so i guess in that sense is yeah i think it would kind of veer towards being transactional but also you know it had it does have kind of a possessive vibe i think to it like Mm. you are mine i'm gonna keep buying you gifts if you keep sleeping with me and Mm. then you know it just it's a pattern that is being created but it doesn't necessarily mean freedom it doesn't actually you know it's not Mm. about the quality of it you know okay so let's talk about society's expectation of, or men's expectation of women sexually. Yeah. So from young age, you, let's say you grew, you, you've been brought up in a moral home. Your parents are very strict. They tell you, oh, don't sleep with guys. They're just going to get you pregnant and leave. Don't. They're just going to use you and leave. Stay chaste, get married to one person and lose your virginity to that person or something. Let's say you do that. You follow all those rules. You get married. Then obviously this this comes to experience. You're not able to like perform, so you sexually you are not there with your husband. Then he goes like, yeah, she is not good enough. I'm just gonna go out and find somewhere else. So society expects us to be chaste, but then be good in bed at the same time. Mm-hmm. Don't explore, but be an expert. If you're not, then they're going to find go out and find somewhere else. But if they discover you have been exploring, then you're not fit to be a married woman or something. What do you guys think about that? I think Barbie said it all with their little <laughs> speech in that second act. I think when they talk about all the expectations that are just placed in women in general mm. to be ambitious, but not too ambitious, be pretty, but not too pretty, because then you're tempting men. It's like all of these contradictory statements that exist in women. And like, we're not, you, we're supposed to take, we're often the bearer of burdens and we're the blame for things, mm. even if it's not true. And I think that just in general is femininity because it is more gentle in its receiving whereas masculinity is chasing and aggressive and so of course the thing that is chasing and aggressive tends to overshadow that which it actually needs you know what i'm saying which Mm -hmm. is the feminine aspect so i feel like yeah it's it's an unfair double standard to even have to begin with and quite frankly impossible to live up with Mm -hmm. or to you know so i for any man who expects that, I would say, sir, I challenge you, sir, <laughs> show me the same. Like, show me you're a virgin when you get married and then you're an expert at what you're doing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it should be something where you're just open to wherever a person's at. And also, you shouldn't marry someone for the pure basis of, I don't think personally, sex or kids. So it feels like you should, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you've, you've established together that you have some sort of relationship. But yeah, mm. that's my opinion on it. Yeah. I mean, in the Victorian age, 
women were seen as like angels they were pure they were mm-hmm. of a higher moral standard mm-hmm. to men who were just corrupt and you know corrupt from birth you know <laughs> so i guess it's it's that point where society has changed a lot but like women are still supposed to be more moral more pure more mm-hmm. have all of these values that men are never expected to have mm. i mean i do think generally like i don't know in england especially i wouldn't say that there were many people who were expecting their wives to be virgins so how thankfully <laughs> seem to have moved on from that and likewise you know i don't like i don't know they wouldn't many... mind well i don't know no i've actually talked to some men and i mean this is just anecdotal evidence entirely mm. but i've talked to some men who actually find it weird like they don't want to have sex with virgins actually now oh. because they just they don't like if you've never had sex with a virgin yeah. sometimes it can be a bit I suppose intimidating because you don't want to put that person in pain depending mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and they don't know like i don't know I'm, i've never taken yeah uh, you know so. <laughs> let's go into this yeah, right. let's, let's, let's i've never taken a man's so i don't know man like, okay but then of course maybe they might not want virgins but they don't want someone who has done it too much too if you are dug deeper they'll tell you i don't want a virgin but i don't want you know yeah i think it depends on the man i feel like a lot of men in our modern day at mm. least i mean i'm sure there are many who are still close-minded don't get me wrong but i think we're trying to you know kind of close that gap to be a little bit more open-minded yeah and i don't know yeah i think that's that is definitely a question for the gentleman because <laughs> yeah, i am i am just yeah not one. we will have a gentleman on this podcast maybe for another episode and i'd love to hear the view on these issues so there is this thing called the male gaze. Mm. You know, once he hits adolescence and your boobie starts showing, he starts wearing, like, you know, tight dresses, body cones. Men start to look at you in a certain way. You turn around and they're like, oh, 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 oh. And deep down, don't get me wrong, I feel, I don't know about you ladies, but some women enjoy the male gaze. They live for it. They just, they want to be admired you know it's kind of like a vote of confidence to say yes you are pretty yes you are a real woman so let's what do you do you guys think the male gaze is a bad thing so to speak what a question yeah i don't know that i can answer i think it can be problematic i think that's probably a better um well if you think about it just in media Mm. how it is portrayed in film how women are portrayed in film i didn't watch oppenheimer but someone told me there's like a scene with florence Pugh that's like interesting in some way i don't know yeah very sexual so like the sexualization of women especially in film and media has been there since media and film has really Mm. started Mm. and i feel like that could be damaging because then other women are thinking that's what they have to be you know Mm. what i mean and also just in general the male gaze isn't based on anything other than you want to say like lust and sexual energy it's not something that's i mean you're not looking at the woman going, well, she's got great character you know she's got a really good heart in there like yeah. so, so i really personally feel like it it can be damaging to women who then aspire to live up to a societal and a beauty standard rather mm-hmm. than living up to what kind of woman am i mm-hmm. and what who do i want to be and how do i want to contribute to the world how do i want to shape the world and live my life for me and so when you're i mean i know a lot of women who aspire to just be an aesthetic you know, that's all over Instagram nowadays. The mm-hmm. bad girl, the, like, fairy princess. And it's like, we're, we're aspiring just to look that, but w- what does that mean? Who are we? Mm. And so that sort of, that's what the sort of male gaze 
boxes women into that way to just being something that needs to be desirable rather than have actual content. Mm. And I, I find that problematic. But again, <laughs> if someone enjoys someone looking at them, who am I <laughs> to say no? <laughs> women are very beautiful. So, sure. yeah. Katie, the girl gaze. Yeah. I Do think... you enjoy it? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, that is quite a personal question. I mean, it personally, is. no. But um, if other people see themselves as more of an aesthetic being, then. Mm. You know, that's kind of their choice. But I guess where the male gaze becomes problematic is when it, it moves into policing of women's body. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at different aspects, you know, even in sport, you know, like all of this about celebrating in your sports bra, taking your shirt off, suddenly it becomes sexualized. It's become something that you can't do. Mm-hmm. But why? You know, it's their body. They're playing sport. It's not about the male gaze. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be brought into every aspect of society. It doesn't need to be brought into sport. It doesn't need to be brought into, you know, teenage girls just, you know, being themselves, going through puberty. You know, like... I think there's a there's a line that needs to be drawn where actually the male gaze is problematic and needs to be taken out of where women, men have a say in women's bodies when it has absolutely nothing to do with them, you know? Mm. Not everything is about men. Mm. Some things crazily can just be about women and what they True. want to be doing, you know? Yeah. Sometimes women just love to look good. We do make do our hair, yeah. do our makeup. We For just sure. want to look good. Yeah. But then it gets into a bit of, oh, she's trying to, like, attract men or she's trying to... Sometimes we don't even think about men when we're buying our clothes. No. We just want to yeah, look good. And you'd be surprised that women will prefer to look good to other women. As in, I want a woman to see me and say, oh, I like what she's wearing. I like what she's... Than they care about what men think. They'd rather have a female gaze, than, <laughs> so to speak, than a male gaze. Yeah. They just want women to Absolutely. admire them. But anyway, it all comes down to the media and, like you said, how they portray things and all that and i mean i really agree with katie's point though where it's like in the sp- in certain spaces where it is mm-hmm. can be so problematic such as like w- like you said women's football mm-hmm. or women just going for a run like we're not afforded the same sort of comfortability or luxury as men to yeah. just exist and go out in the world yeah, right, exactly. in something that is comfortable or that we want to wear just to i mean even in t- terms of if it's just too hot yeah and likewise yeah you're right like children young young girls who are maybe just having fun they're not even thinking about their bodies and mm-hmm. then men are bringing that consciousness i mean I, I know most women remember the first time they're normally like cat called or they feel finally conscious that they have a body and it's female mm. rather than when you're like a small child and generally you grow up and you don't really find too many differences between you mm. and your male counterparts yeah. mm. when you go through that puberty it's all of a sudden like oh there's this awareness of your body mm. in a way that some men actually never have to experience it's insane That's yeah, a, that, yeah. Is, yeah. that is crazy I mean I, I can't even imagine what that would be like right to not, to not <laughs> wow. body consciousness what a crazy way to live it's crazy and if you are blessed or cares depending on how you look at it to be endowed in little way then you are doomed for life because then address that person who is not very endowed or not very curvy would wear you can't wear the same thing because it'd be like you're trying to make men look at you trying too hard but you're just wearing the same thing the other person is wearing you just happen to be built in a different way you're just having to have bigger boobs a bigger behind or but yeah it's crazy these I things agree. certain crazy. ethnicities because also there was yeah i remember reading a story about this woman who was almost they were trying to fire her from her job mm. because she was very curvy and she was just wearing jeans oh, and a man. t-shirt but like you she had a very voluptuous bottom yeah. and she had very like voluptuous mm. top half and so it was just her curves that mm. another teacher wearing that exact same outfit yeah would i think have been i saw fine. social media yeah mm-hmm. and yeah. a lot of times certain like ethnicities and backgrounds have mm. larger curves than others I mean, and so that's not really fair yeah that like yeah. you're wearing the exact same outfit someone else could wear but you're being sexualized mm-hmm. and they're not mm-hmm. yeah it's crazy it's crazy it's it's a crazy world. Yeah, truly. Do you think there can be 
sex without a male's consent i'm talking about penetrative sex do you think there can be sex without a male consent there are stories where men say oh they were raped do you think there can be a male rape yes i think yes um like in the context i think this was actually put into like the tv show shameless i think in in the u.s version of it there's one of the girls debbie she's this guy's like very drunk one night and like you know sometimes when men are drunk or whatever biologically speaking they'll get you know hard on boners or whatever mm-hmm. and because it was that she like kind of just got on it and had sex and he was like you raped me and she's like no but you were hard and he was like that's not consent like just because i was hard if you insert if you st- sit on top sit on top of a guy who has a hard on who does not is not consenting is not saying yes and just put it inside of you you know what i'm saying like th- that guy like it, or if he's, he's passed out yeah, that's biological. We get wet. That doesn't mean they can just stick it inside of us when they want. That's not consent. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, like, biological function is different. You can be turned on and still not want to have sex. And so I think it's just being in a position in which you are being denied the chance to say no. You're you're too incoherent to say no, and such as, like, with drinking or you're passed out. Or, you know, like, you're saying no, and they're just completely disregarding your desire. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's very possible to be raped because it's it's it's, it's, it is about that consent it's about feeling like i'm agreeing to this versus you're putting this on me or in me or whatever you want to say you know what i mean like i have a choice in this matter and feeling like you don't then yeah shitty yeah i mean i think that in terms of consent there's still like a lot of way to go like some people don't think you can technically rape someone you're married to because in theory if you marry them Mm. you're consenting to sleep with them for the rest of your life in whatever circumstance so uh, I actually saw a, uh, a man who's tried to sue his disabled wife for not sleeping with him Ooh. because he thought he was owed it by the contract of their marriage. Mm. So at what point is consent, can you give just a, you know, universal consent for the rest of your life? I mm. wouldn't say so. So in terms of that, you know, there is still a way to go in talking about consent and male rape. It's sad that men probably wouldn't come forward with that story yeah. because they would feel like they would be ostracized and laughed at. When actually, I'm sure it is something that happens. Yeah, because, I mean, when it comes to men, you, when a man, ideally, when a man is ready for sex, the first thing you see is the heart. You can see an erection. But then it's hard to tell if a woman wants sex. So it's easier to believe a female rape because, of course, you forced yourself into her. But if a man says he was raped, the first thing they're going to ask is, you were hard, so what is the proof that you were not consenting to having sex? And I think it's a very tricky thing to navigate because although we're talking about women like that kind of thing the issue of male rape is a very sensitive topic and lots of like you said a lot of men don't want to come out because then you're going to be questioned you were hard did you come that kind of thing and it'll be it's a very difficult thing to explain you can't really explain yourself to any judge anyone willing to listen but I think it's a real thing. I also think what you talk about when we talk about sexual freedom, that men are also boxed in in that way Mm. because they're not allowed to not want sex sometimes. Like, also, the idea of men denying sex is often and frequently laughed at. (laughs) In general, if someone wants to sleep with you and they're a woman, especially if they're beautiful, you saying no, you know, to other men, you're going to hear a lot of crap. You're going to be like, why didn't you say yes? Like, you know, she was hot, you could have had that. And they'll make fun of you. And you're kind of like, you're put into another box that's a little bit different. But Mm -hmm. like that sort of sexual freedom of being someone who sleeps with a lot of people versus like Katie said, even in their 20s, if a man says he doesn't Mm want to do that and he just wants one woman to settle down, Mm -hmm. you're kind of going to be shat on. So like, it is a double-edged sword going both ways. It is. Yeah, that's a good point. Never thought about that. Mm. That's tricky. Let's come back to women. So the woman in her pre and post prime years, we're talking about a woman who is, let's say, between like 
20 to late 30s so before that and then after that when a woman is in her prime years or her pre-prime years she's attractive you know men chase after her and all that chase after men chase after younger women than they do after older women it's a fact we know that so let's say you get married you settle down very early quite early let's see around 23 24 and you have kids with your husband and you grow older you take care of those kids you become older let's say around 40 no disrespect to 40 year old women out there i know there are banging hot women out there who are 40 but then hypothetically you're 40 and your husband decides to go out there to look for younger women would you blame the woman out the younger woman who succumbs to the the man are you going to blame her for breaking your home or are you going to blame the man do you think younger women are responsible for broken homes or do you think the men are well i mean the men well, my first thing is the idea that women aren't beautiful after a certain age or that there is well, a yeah. prime or that like the attractiveness goes down i think that's like I understand what you're saying. Like, mm-hmm. most most people, if you want to generalize, would probably say, I mean, and I would say they go as young as, like, 17, 18 now. Like, that they would mm-hmm. say they are people that they would sleep with. Um, but, yeah, I find that problematic just to begin with. That, like, you know, just because she's getting out of what is considered, I put uh, quotation marks around this, prime. Mm-hmm. Is, I mean, yeah, it's not just a social... Oh, that was in yeah. my so, words. I was describing the society we live in. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, yeah. it's 100%. a crazy social construct. Yeah. In no, how can but if anything you s- be your prime? You don't know how you're going to... Yeah, no, life. but, like, if he goes to sleep with a younger woman, that's... I mean, it's both of their choices, so... But I wouldn't blame the person I'm not in a relationship with. Always, it's between... You, she didn't sign a partnership act. She mm. didn't say no marriage law. She didn't sit there, you know what I mean, and sign the paperwork and all of that. That was between the woman and her husband. So in that case, I'd be like, well, it is my husband. But she knew your husband is a married man. Okay. And choice. I know that the, that, yeah, I know that the college boy who wants to bang, you know, she could be a banging 40-year-old. Some men are into cougars. He could be in her. She's still gonna say no. Like I don't. I don't see what we're saying here. Like it is definitely between the two partners. And I don't. I don't. I don't. I know we talk about like temptation and how that is and seducing or whatever. But ultimately, like it's someone's choice. And when you start to cross a line, you're generally aware of it. Hmm. And if you're honest with your spouse, then you would navigate that situation so you're never even going to be in a situation in which that would happen. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. So yeah. I mean, also if you flip it, say the 40 year old went out to sleep with a college student, hmm. a frat boy. Would you um would you would you blame the the college boy? Would you say that he was a homewrecker? No, you'd be like, dude, slept with a cougar. Congrats. You wouldn't blame yeah. the kid in the situation. Like, the thing about sexual freedom is that you could you have the choice, but if you're married, that's something entirely different. So how can it ever be anything but the man's fault? But most times, women don't look at you like that. They'll rather forgive the man because they say, I'm in it for ride or die, for better or worse. So they rather go out looking for the woman, sometimes intimidating or humiliating the woman. They don't look at the one they are with. They rather, they think, oh, they rather hate the younger woman for being young, in quotes. So, I I see what you're saying there, but I feel like that is the patriarchy at its finest kind mm. of pitting women against each other yeah. and also likewise when you're in a relationship I see it you wouldn't want to be angry at your significant other especially mm-hmm. if you're trying to forgive and keep this person in your life and mm-hmm. you have such a history yeah. you I have would kids say it's, it's a cop out it's easier to hate the woman mm. likewise yeah. if a woman is married like Katie says when she sleeps with a young man 
Um, it would be easier to blame. Yeah, it's just easier to always blame the woman, I guess. It's because I'm just, like in that situation, yeah. I feel like they still blame the wife. They'd be like, "Oh, right? she's the issue." They wouldn't she's even blame the twenty year old. Yeah, no, it's, it's just entrenched sexism. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah it's, 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 it's always she's always at fault. It's the always wife's at fault. Yeah, so. What can we say? We don't win. It's the patriarchy. They create the rules and then they blame the women for every single situation. It's crazy. Because you're right. Yeah, think about the reverse situation. Exactly. If if a 43-year-old woman was married to her husband and slept with a 20-year-old, we would all blame the woman. We wouldn't blame the 20-year-old. We wouldn't blame the husband. I mean, we see it in movies, no, where there's there's this hot nanny who comes to take care of the the kid and the husband goes out to sleep with the nanny. The woman doesn't blame the husband. No. They blame the nanny. They stop... Yeah. They quit her from coming. They try to make her life miserable and stuff. So I think we should just be blaming the cheaters. I think that's <laughs> what we should be blaming. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe marriage is the problem. Maybe it doesn't suit modern society. That is our next topic. We're going to talk about marriage and prostitution. It's interesting you brought that up, brought that up because do you think marriage... So, in, again, in Simone de Beauvoir's book, she was talking about how marriage and prostitution are kind of like... They go hand in hand, in a way. So... A man goes to take a wife and brings her home and say, I want to sleep with you. Obviously, they paid. I don't know about here in England. Do you guys pay diary for it, for your wives? We did. We do not. Not anymore. anymore. Oh, not anymore. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> the diary's dead. Long, <laughs> where I come from, they pay lots. They have a whole list where you can bring a certain number of cows. You can bring this. Essentially, they're literally selling you to your husband. So, Insane. yeah. Can no returns. No return policy. That's a bummer. <laughs> Can't get my cow back. <laughs> so is it. it the same thing? Because in this case, it's like your husband is just paying a bulk price for you instead of prostitution where they go out and pay for the night. Here, they're literally like paying a bulk price for you to take you home. Do you think these two things are kind of similar? Prostitution and marriage. I think it can be. Hmm. I think... Okay, so here prostitution you're paying for the sexual service with no there's no future transaction in there there's no there's no commitment there could be yeah there could okay. be that's that's the option to like kind of take your prostitute as your mistress as well or whatever mm, yeah. or maybe marry her if you're a polygamist and have another wife whatever mm. but initially like what that is is that's the transaction you're paying for a sort of a sexual service of some type mm. and you're getting that service and then you're done there's no future connection if you don't want one yeah when you're paying for a wife you're paying this is a lifelong commitment yeah. unless you get a divorce it's so <laughs> yeah you're 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 likely they're planning on kids if you're planning on kids so you're planning on a I, I suppose if you want to look at it if you were putting it transactionally it's mm. more of an investment than I'd say prostitution is but an investment but it is an investment because you're thinking this is something that's going to continue right because then you're mm. gonna have kids you have to pay for the kids and whatever health issues you have like say your genetics aren't very good that passes on to the kids mm. so like technically speaking you are making an investment in someone i think even now modern day marriages are an investment like your bank accounts come together you are now responsible if you go to a hospital or any sort of thing to make decisions for this person mm. you are you are in essence responsible for another living you're both responsible for each other it should be but in certain you know cultures i suppose just one person is more responsible for the other um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't say if it's prostitution because, again, that seems very, oh, it's no. a different sort of level of transactional. Yeah, but they're saying, based on the terms where the man takes the woman to become his wife, they have similarities. So it's kind of the same. It's like women are being treated the same. It's just in different categories. They are both being paid for. Yeah, I think they're both 
objectifying slightly, you yeah, know, like you are saying. something that is being purchased, mm-hmm. but um, that's depending on the, the type of marriage. I mean, marriage has evolved so much. Yeah, we've thankfully we're not at the point where you trade cows for marriage. Oh, we still, where I come from, we still Yeah, sure. And I mean, the longer your list, the more, it means the more worthy you are to be married because it means you are, the higher the price of a diary, the, the more value yep. they attach to you. So, unfortunately, yeah, it's crazy. Mm, can't imagine it. <laughs> I mean, but at the same time, like, if a man, once, if he's getting married, normally in those circumstances, isn't it that they are now then financially responsible for their wife. Like, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. even if she's working or not, like, she, they, he, she's under his stead now mm-hmm. for everything. Like, mm-hmm. so, in essence, you're trading your freedom. Like, even back in the Victorian age or times like that, you're trading your freedom for security. Yeah. Because now you're supposed to, you're supposed to be taken care of by mm-hmm. this individual. So, supposed to, yeah. Yeah. It's true. We just don't trust that in the first world <laughs> countries. We're like, nah, nah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think, thankfully, we there's much more liberation nowadays. There is freedom to do a lot of things. But I think we spoke about marriage. We had this conversation earlier about without women deciding to get married and all that, and we said it's their decision to make. Personally, yeah. Would you like to get married? Yes, no. Why? I used to think no, mm-hmm. but I think I'd like. Here's the thing. Marriage really isn't going to change much except government documents and how we're going about our joint accounts. There are tax breaks that are very helpful when you're in a marriage and I'm going to be with someone for life. I'm kind of just like, I kind of want those tax breaks. Like, I'm going to keep my separate account. I'm going to have my own money. Like, our joint, our marriage, I see why people see, they see no point in it, but I like the idea, I, personally, I like the idea of rings. I like the idea of, like, I don't consider it ownership. Like, I like when I see males wearing rings. Like, not in a way that I want to approach them, but I like the idea that like you know someone has someone else mm. and that you should like if you approach someone knowing they're wearing a red ring like you know what's up yeah. you knew what was up before you could <laughs> talk to them so like i i don't i see people who don't want to get legally married i understand you don't want the government in your business personally the government's going to be in your business regardless might mm. as well be in our business and i want to make the decisions if he's on the hospital bed and i want to like you know what i mean like i want to uh-huh. have power over not over them but like over certain legal situations to make decisions together okay. and i can't do that if i'm not married like you know, they have common law, but it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And I think marriage is such a privilege that certain, um, like, you know, the LGBTQ community has fought for that, especially if I was going to marry a woman and such. Like, I think it's it's a privilege to be able to get married at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, both a trap and a privilege. But, yes, I would like to get married <laughs> if, if I meet the right life partner. It's interesting to say that because we are in England, and I don't know if it's the same in America, but here in England, the couples have less tax brackets. So both of you pay less taxes yes. than if you are single. Yes. When you rent a room, you pay, obviously, you're living together, so you pay less, you combine your finances and all that. So, yeah, it's, economically, it's advisable. I don't know about the rest. Katie? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say that I really bring economics into any decisions. Economics <laughs> into my marriage. You do. So, I don't think I would get married for the tax breaks. But, um, I think the cool thing about marriage these days is you can kind of do it however you like. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if I were to get married, it'd be because it would be like the next step of a relationship that I felt really committed to. But like, I would, you know, I would make those choices. Do I want to wear a ring? Do I want to have a wedding? You know, I could just choose whatever hmm. version of, of marriage that I wanted, which I think is really cool. But um, it's definitely still interesting. You know, I, one of my sisters has always wanted to get married. It's hmm. a, like a serious life ambition for her. <laughs> and it's like not something that I've personally ever understood, I think. But it's so crazy that you can grow up in the same generation, the same family, but hmm. one such different things for your lives and I know that she will get married one day because that's <laughs> what she set out to do but for me it's kind of more 
I don't know, I see it as a journey, I see it as an adventure. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. Yeah. Listen to this podcast in 50 years and find out. But like, <laughs> it's cool that I get to choose and that it's not something that I've... I think if it was a life goal, then I would be stressing about it and I would be worrying mm. about it and thinking, well, I'm not achieving it. But if it's something that comes really organically and natural, cool. Mm. If it's not, I'm not pressed about it, to be honest. Also, mm. just a note here. Visas. Yeah. I could also help someone with a visa. Oh, really really I'm sorry, but also to say that oh. you brought up a valid point that I actually do want to talk about, which is like defining what marriage is. Because mm. you're right, that idea, the definition itself has changed so much because some people consider it just the ceremony or the commitment yeah. or the mm. transaction. Like, mm. what what is marriage to you? And is there just a legal, de- is there a technical definition mm. that we should all abide by in terms of like, oh, if you're thinking marriage, you know what I mean? That's what it is. It's the legal document that is like signed uh, at the court. Like, I think is that it's what friends, mar- the happy ever after. That's what kind of right. Like, and some people think that's what marriage yeah. is. And so, like, what is the definition of marriage? And the way that it can be so ju- subjective in each person's mind makes it hard to say. Mm. When I say I want to get married, what does that mean? Yeah. And I mean, I want the tax breaks. So no, I'm just <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get back to the tax breaks here. So no, I mean, you know, find the right person. But yeah, that's sure. that's an interesting point about. Well, marriage. watch out, guys, ladies. If you decide to head in Island of it, if you decide to marry her. Watch out for your money. Hit her up for a tax break. Hit <laughs> or a visa. visa. Hit her up for a lot of things. You know, there's a lot of perks. Oh, man. Oh, artisan, we've come to the end of our conversation. So, ladies, do you have anything on the back of all this you want to put out there? Any idea you think you want to debunk, you want to... Let's get rid of the patriarchy, guys. Like, <laughs> I mean, what is it but a construct? You can deconstruct a construct, right? It's just going to take time, and society is changing, and it's the next generation coming through. Mm. I mean, if you look at the difference between baby boomers and Gen Z, I mean, it's insane. Mm. Like, in another 50 years, I mean, firstly, climate change will make all of this irrelevant anyway, because we're all going to die. <laughs> but the second thing Okay, is, let's not go there. Let's, sorry, let's sorry, take sorry, sorry, sorry. Like, society has changed so much. It ch- every year it changes more. Something that seemed unachievable 10 years ago. Mm. Gay marriage, gay rights. Even having to come out now. You didn't even have to necessarily come out now. No. You just say, oh, I'm dating a woman and I'm like, yeah. cool. You know what I mean? Like, in another 10 years, who knows what's going to happen? And I think that's what's really cool. That's what I'm really excited to see, is that society changes so much. The media changes people's perception changes with every new generation you don't know what's going to happen the mm. older generations are dying off hopefully some of their ideas are dying with them you know what i mean like <laughs> let's see what happens let's let's yeah. move towards an equal society where everyone man women trans people non-binary feel like they can do whatever they want they can get married they cannot they can have sex with whoever they want like you know what i mean i think that's really exciting to see yeah i, I think that's cool but i think there is also kind of the perpetuation of the past that just continues going forward because those people have kids and all those kids a lot of kids adopt those views Mm. and maybe because society is changing to view them in a more positive light we are moving forward like i don't want to say we're not but also know that in certain parts of the world these things aren't the same like living in a first world country like the usa or england we're seeing things at a different level than in much of the world like they don't have the same that that same experience they're just fighting for basic rights from ghana it's still illegal to be to come out to say you're gay. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it is. I spend a lot of time on TikTok, and lately I see a lot of Gen Zs. They are the masters of TikTok, anyway. I see them talking about there's this lady called Sprinkle Sprinkle. So there's this Sorry, <laughs> Sprinkle, Sprinkle 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 Sprinkle. Yeah, at Sprinkle Sprinkle. Oh no! So she basically talks about how women should kind of like liberation of women, but in a different way. She's, I see it as a reversal of everything they fought for in terms of feminism. So we want women to be empowered, to stand for themselves and all that. But then the current judges are looking back. They want to sit back and have men take care of them, which I do not judge. Whatever you want to do, go for it. 
if that's what seeds you go for it but then i feel like it's kind of like a reason everything that has been fought for we wanted to be free now we are and now we want men to come back and pay for us take care of us or like pamper us like babies literally want to be housewives again i think that's very i feel like that's a generalization that's dangerous because i feel like a lot of women don't feel that way a lot of women want to be self-sufficient and live their own lives and you know be their own person there are some women who feel that way but just because maybe the minority speaks up it gets represented as the majority even if that's not true yeah the thing about the media social media so to speak whatever is trending is what we say is the norm now yeah and it's well, like I said, like you said, it's probably a, a grave decision to make, but then it's out there. Like a lot of some women nowadays are trying to go back. They just want to escape the hard life, have a responsible man, so to speak, just take care of the bills. I think the point of it the money is that we all have choice. I think that's the important mm-hmm. part, both men and women, because some men want to be taken care of as well. I know many <laughs> who are dating superior, no offense men, that's but superior why. girlfriends <laughs> we don't who judge. work three jobs and are like supporting everything. So oh, like, wow. some men don't want to do anything. So it goes both ways. And I, think I think I did surprise <laughs> a man from now on. <laughs> what I think is interesting about that, though, is like men being like women, is I was talking to someone and we were talking talking about this idea that women when we want equality and we speak about that we're also just not speaking about being equal to minority men Mm. like we're not speaking about being equal to a man who is enslaved in some foreign country we're not talking about being equal to maybe the immigrant who works at our corner shop Mm. when we say we want to be equal to men we say we want the equal power to white powerful men (laughs) who have the ability to make decisions and influence society and our way of living yeah so you know, it's not fair because there are still even men who are like there are. It's not the cake isn't even cut equal for men. They're they're True. not even. Yeah. You know what I mean? We want to have that same power as the powerful people we see, and I think that's just the point. Is like everyone wants to have a sense of power and feel empowered, mm-hmm. and or they or they don't. And then, but that's the choice. <laughs> that's their choice. I guess. Yeah. yeah, like you said, it all comes down to choices, and that is where we wrap up for today. Make your choice, ladies and gentlemen. Do what makes you feel happy. If you want to be a stay-at-home wife, by all means be. If you want to have a million partners, by all means do it. If you want to get married to the love of your life and stick to one man for the rest of your life, do it. So, that's all for today. we catch you in the next episode. Next week, we'll find out what we're talking about. Catch you later.